Hey, Andrew. Hey, Amit, how are you? You're good, how are you? Yes, I always get excited when I start to see the mouse moving across the screen for the growth show because that's you moving to switching the video off uh, on <laughs> and the audio off. So it's, uh, it's good to, uh, that, that's the anticipation when I'm sitting here like this. Yeah, I think we've got to find a better way of coordinating when we start, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that at some point, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How's your week been? Good? Yeah, good. Yeah, very, very busy so far. I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, things seem to be opening up. So, uh, yeah, pretty good, actually. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, positive. I think, uh, obviously, people started to go back in uh, from yesterday, I guess, uh, some of the government and uh, some of the, when you look at regionally, um, you know, some of those activities, people going back in and uh, it looks like that's happening, trickling in globally. So I guess these are all positive signs of uh, movement in the right direction, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, again, thank you guys for, for tuning in. We've, uh, I think a lot of people have already joined us. So um, that's great. Um, excited about today's show, mate. So uh, we've, got a, we've got a special guest. We have, yeah. We, um, I guess... Uh, it wasn't it wasn't enough the draw the draw of you and me right it wasn't enough of a draw enough of a pull <laughs> yeah i mean i'll be honest with you the reason i wanted a special guest on is i just felt there's far too much facial hair on the screen at any one time so uh, so i tried to find, yeah i tried to find the most sort of cleanest shaven person i know and invited them onto the show but and I don't, yeah. but uh no actually very very excited today so um yeah, I, I think before we before we bring Paul in, um, let, let's have a little chat about Rove Hotels, Andrew, and maybe your experience of Rove and mine, and then we'll we will give Paul a chance to um, repair some of the damage that we cause in the next thirty seconds or so. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll start. I mean, for me, Rove is is a very kind of interesting type of hotel group. I know we have an audience which is kind of wider than just the UAE, where where I think most, if not all, of Rove hotels currently are. Um, you know, I, I'd sort of class them as a as a kind of budget hotel with style, uh, a budget hotel with a difference. Um, you know, they always try to do things which I think are very kind of unique and dynamic. And um, and, and we, you know, we host obviously some of our events over there, which is you know how we kind of know Paul quite well and the team over there. But yeah, what's your kind of uh, you know if you were to describe Rove to uh, you know to, to someone who wasn't aware of them, what would you how would you describe them? Yeah, I think um, I think you're right. As far as that, you know, different is um, different and refreshing is probably the two words that I'd I'd use. I I always look at you know when we've introduced quite a lot of people I think to the brand just through our events and then also we record podcasts in their in in their lobby, right? Um, it just is one of those places that when people come to it, they go, oh wow, okay, hold on, what about this? What about that? And I think that's that's actually. Um, uh, no tall order in a city that is dominated by hotels. And we're talking about, you know, the only place in the world with a seven star hotel, um, you know, and, and probably some zero star hotels, I imagine at some point. Um, so, so I think um, to be able to be different, to do things a bit differently and be able to, you know, stand out, which is, which I think what they do. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say, I'd say that. Yeah. Awesome. So let's, let's bring Paul in um, guys before, while, while Paul Cohen vlogs on, um, this is a very kind of interactive show. So if you have questions, you know, please feel free to kind of use a Q&A button at the bottom of your screen, send through any questions that you may have and, uh, and any comments. And actually four minutes into the show, this is a record because we've had no comments on Andrew's beard so far. But on, on that note, um, you know, kind of Paul, Mr. 
Mr. Paul Bridger, welcome to the show. Great to see welcome. you. Hi guys, uh, thanks for having me. Can you hear me okay? I had a few uh, minor technical uh, problems. Loud and clear, mate, we're good, we're good. Excellent, okay. Well, well thanks a lot for inviting me. Um, I, I kind of, I, I, you, you asked me last week and I, I thought it was a great opportunity because I, I do a lot of work with you guys and I think um, you do a lot of interesting stuff as well and, and we're happy to have you as clients in the hotel. So um, yeah, we're, I'm happy to be here. I hope I can add uh, some value about the travel industry and about hotels in Dubai. Um, thanks for the introduction. That was much nicer than I expected uh, from, from you two. So uh, I'm sure it'll get worse as, as time goes on. <laughs> um, I did like the beer banter, but I'm not I'm not brave enough to uh, make any 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 comments just yet. Maybe I'll leave it towards the end of the show if you guys are uh, nice to me or otherwise. No problem. I mean, just remember, Paul, that we've got admin control, so we can always accidentally uh, kick you off the show. So, uh, <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. 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 yeah, it looks like we've lost Paul. That's really early on. I mean, it was only it was only five minutes in, and we just introduced you. Um, Paul, I mean, do you want to do you want to kind of tell people? Um, obviously, that we've got a wider audience in the UAE, so we obviously gave you that frilly introduction. But I mean, do you want to tell us your your kind of day job and what you do over there? Yeah, it was fairly accurate, uh, so thank you. Um, despite the rumors, my, my day job is beyond drinking coffee in uh, numerous hotels. I know that this is the, uh, the kind of rumor out there. So yeah, on a serious note, Rove is, uh, I refer to it as an affordable lifestyle hotel brand. Um, we've got around 2,200 keys all in Dubai across six hotels. Um, we've got about twice that under development at various stages uh, across the UAE, coming uh, Saudi, uh, Egypt, and, and, and so really focused on this region. Uh, Dubai is our home. Um, we'll be opening the first hotel on the beach uh, later this year, so this will be really interesting for us because currently all of our hotels are in the city. So we're going to look at we're going to look at how the experience changes on the beach, and we're going to try and reinvent the beach experience. You know, because traditionally. People go to a resort, you know, five-star hotel with a big price point attached. Um, so we're going to try and really shake this up in Dubai, and I think this will be a great uh, first hotel for us on the beach. Um, I think we're we're famous for being pretty straightforward in terms of our hospitality. Um, we, you know, we, we try to have you know funky interiors, engaging teams, a kind of unique service culture. Um, and you know, in terms of feedback, uh, our guests really love us. You know, our, our hotels are uh, amongst the best in, in in our certainly in our category, if not across the line, in terms of guest feedback and on what they talk about us. Mm. So you know, uh, we call our guests rovers. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, and uh, you know, our, our tagline is exploring without borders. So this is, so this refers to you know getting people out there without any fuss and hassle um, with. Uh, and without compromising on quality. So it gives you the opportunity to, to manage your own holiday or experience or, or business space. There's a bit about Rove. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I covered it. No, that's great. I think like, that kind that's of great. gives people some context there. But what about, uh, I mean, your, your experience um, prior to the UAE, I mean, I think you've, you've been obviously working in, in Europe and in Asia as well. Um, so I think, I think it'd be useful perhaps, you know, just a, a very kind of quick brief on on some of your background, because I think, you know, again, this show isn't just a kind of UAE focused show. We do mm, mm. Yeah, from wider field. So, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, I'm from the UK, as you probably guessed. 
Um, I used to work for Whitbread Group across the UK and uh, covered a number of uh, hotels and businesses there. Um, I was in Dubai for uh, three, four years doing a similar thing. Um, and then I moved out to Southeast Asia. Um, I covered four countries across Southeast Asia, uh, looking, out, looking over um, essentially a new brand into the region. Uh, what we call 15, 20 hotels, either open or under development by the time I left. Um, I'd heard about Rove as this kind of exciting cross between uh, a traditional budget hotel chain, but a, but a lifestyle element. Uh, and this is what kind of attracted me. I've got a lot of experience in, in this kind of budget, if you want to say, uh, or mid-scale hotel market. Um, but I think Rove brings something a bit different and unique. And as you say, we're, you know, we're, we're constantly challenging ourselves to do things differently. You know, how, how do we how do we do something that someone else wouldn't do? Right. Challenge yeah, I, mean, I think I, I think that kind of it all it, it kind of breaks into the first um, first thing that I think we want to talk about, and that we've obviously spoken about on this show how you know at the moment it seems like brands, individuals, companies that are doing things a bit different or outside of the norm um, seem to be succeeding. So not only being you know visual or out there and but also some of the different stuff. I mean, you know, obviously I'm your your brand here, obviously as, as Rove, we're aware of the difference. Like, you know, first hotels have a cinema in the lobby. Um, it was very revolutionary to have like a mini mart uh, or a quickie mart, a poo quickie mart in, uh, in, the, uh, in the lobby. Um, you know, and, and, and I guess, you know, how have you managed obviously during this time to, to keep that innovation running? You know, what, what, I mean, not obviously some of the things that you've done, we, we know that uh, you may not want to tell everyone what, what you've got planned. Uh, we, we understand that and appreciate that, but kind of how have you kept it, how have you kept it running basically? You know, what's communicating and keeping that, that message out there? Yeah, so I think one of our successes, is we've, got a, we've got a pretty small team. So that allows us to bounce stuff off of each other. I mean, recently it's been, uh, in this kind of forum rather than in person, but, but the same principles apply. Um, and it allows us to execute quickly. Um, and yeah, so, so, so I guess we're always trying to challenge how to do things differently and, and to be, you know, though we're part of some big uh, companies, we try to be that kind of entrepreneurial startup mindset. You know, what, what, how, how would you behave if it's your business, your hotel, your, No, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a recent example, which I, I think you may be aware of. So, obviously, co-working is quite a big part of what we do at Rove. So, you know, the last kind of probably two years, um, we've had a lot of success with one of our sister companies, Less Work, which kind of was born out of. We saw all these people working in Rove lobbies, um, and we said, "Well, we need to. We need to kind of do something with this and formalize it." So, we we put together, you know, with some really smart guys uh, in EMAC, put together. This kind of less work concept, which is now the biggest uh, co-working concept across the region. Of course, when all the hotels and the market goes on lockdown, what we nobody's out co-working and everybody's at home. Now we all know that being at home can be quite frustrating sometimes. You know, you've got different distractions, whether it's kids, cats, dogs, uh, beds, you name it. Um, so. Uh, you know, and what we realized was that people wanted to get, you know, a lot of our members were contacts and they wanted to get out of home, but actually they didn't necessarily want to go and sit in a hotel lobby. So what we did was we, 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 um, we developed this concept where you essentially use a hotel room as your office. 
know, so it gives you the, you know, you have the no distractions that you'd have in a your normal office, um, but at the same time, you're kind of not interacting too much, and you know, it, it makes you feel safe and in your environment where you know it's clean. Um, we did this out of demand, and we were. It's interesting because the, the kind of total the total cost for us to launch this was, I think, about thirty dirhams, right? probably a, a coffee to, to to one of the teams to come and take some pictures. Um, and uh, yeah, we had lots of interest, lots of coverage. Um, so yeah, it, that was that was about us being different. That wasn't we, actually the hotels we launched it. We didn't have too many too much capacity, so it wasn't that we did it out of business necessity. We did it more thinking about. What do our guests want? What kind of situation are they in? So hopefully that's a, a, yeah, that's, an example of how we might work differently. Yeah, I mean, that's great. And I think innovation has obviously been key for a lot of businesses right now because maybe kind of traditional uh, revenue models uh, are difficult to apply right now. So, I mean, is that, is that something that you guys look at and, and, and say, right, okay, look, what we essentially have is some real estate here. Uh, and does it need to be, you know, a case where you know perhaps hotel owners or hotel operators may need to look at that old revenue model and say well actually look in a post-covid world or in the during covid world perhaps we need to look at things differently you know is it is it that we need to look at that traditional revenue model look at our forecasts and revise these based on you know what the what the normality is now i mean what, what, do you, what are your kind of thoughts on that well i think you know in hotels selling rooms is always your bread and butter i don't think i don't think we're going to move away from that. I think uh, that there isn't the intention of that. I think what you've seen in the last couple of years is a move uh, much more towards community. So how, how does a hotel fit in the community? Um, and, and this is one of the things that, that, that launched co-working. Um, but you've seen this generally. You know, if you look at if you look at one of the core uh, core uh, ways of working is how do they how do they get their hotels to be part of the way? So I think I think you'll see more of this, and I think it will will fast track. I mean, um, I don't think it's going to take away from hotels reinventing themselves in a different way in terms of the real estate. And I think um, we'll very soon be seeing travel coming back, and we're already seeing, you know, in this market, we're already seeing uh, some pickup, uh, particularly for domestic business, vacation business. Um, so I, uh, yeah, we're very positive for the future. I think that's a thanks, Paul. I think I think that's, that's probably a good opportunity to um, say thank you, guys, because I've seen some questions already start to come in. So what we'll do is we'll we, we'll perhaps tackle some of these questions as they become relevant in our conversation. Uh, otherwise, what we will do is go back and and look at these uh, towards the end of the show. Um, Andrew, I think uh, Thomas, your biggest fan, the yeah, he's he's online and he's uh, He's mentioned your uh, mentioned your beard, so uh, Thomas, good to see you. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you, Thomas. I was getting slightly concerned that I hadn't had uh, I hadn't had a hadn't had an a, a, an opinion opinion thrown out of my beard at the moment. So uh, it's uh, I like it. It's uh, yeah. I, uh, now I can carry on. I um I was uh, I was waiting for that, so now I can be animated and I can uh, I can fulfil the show's potential. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah, I think it's brilliant. So I think, Paul, you touched on kind of tourism coming back um, yeah. and, and sort of you're seeing an uptake in bookings. So I want to ask this question now, and I think what we'll do is we'll perhaps ask a couple of different follow-up questions just to kind of get some insights from the audience. So guys, if you can uh, have a read of this, what we're looking to know is kind of how likely is it that, you look, that you're, you know, looking to fly to a hotel destination this year? Um, will you be kind of staycationing or will you be going to just see family? Um, and that's the only reason that you'll jump on a plane or travel. Um, 
but yeah, great. Thank you. And we can see some responses coming in. So we'll leave that running for, um, for maybe another 15 or 20 seconds. But I think in the meantime, Paul, while we're loading that, what's, you know, what, where, where's the kind of um, demand coming from? I mean, I know in Asia, they seem to be, you know, slightly ahead of the rest of the world now, um, you know, in terms of, you know, managing COVID. Is that, mm. is that where kind of general interest is coming from now? Or is it, you mentioned staycationing, is that, is that really what people are looking at? Yeah, and it, it, it ties in with one of the questions I think we just had about, about opportunities. Uh, and I think it all, all ties in together. So, you know, business is going to recover and it will recover in different speeds in different markets. Um, I'm sure in, in, in pretty much all markets, whether we think about the UK or, or Asia or, or Middle East, and, and really particularly, the first market that's going to come is domestic and staycation uh, business. So I think this is going to be first. And I think the question was about opportunities. So, um, and I think that brings a number of opportunities. So I think with a smaller market, you know, if you talk about, uh, the, you know, if I, if I think about Dubai and the UAE, you're, you're not talking to the whole world. You're only talking to the population of a much smaller market. So that allows you to tailor your marketing, your digital marketing, your messaging, your offer. Um, so, so I think there's an offer there. There's a, sorry, an opportunity there. I think the other thing is around there. There's been a whole thing in the last, I don't know if it's five years or ten years when we've talked about um, direct bookings and hotels becoming cannibalized by other channels. And I think there, there's an opportunity there by, because again, you're talking to this much smaller market and, and the people that you're going to talk to will probably know your brand or your hotel. You know, they'll probably know specifically your hotel because you know, what, you, you know what's happening in your city or your country. So I think there's an opportunity there in terms of reinventing your direct bookings and seeing how, you know, how, how business can, can work there. Um, and I think, you know, as we've mentioned about innovating, about trying, trying ideas out that maybe you wouldn't have tried before, because you know, if your hotel's running at 90%, then you have a risk of cannibalizing your business. If your hotels are a bit quieter, then you're more than happy, you know, and people are more inclined to try um, new ideas and, and new things out. Yeah, and I think, you, you know, you comment previously that some ideas don't cost a lot of money to implement, just need creativity. I think that's, that's certainly valid there. Let me share the results for this poll. So uh, actually really interesting. I wasn't expecting this, but this is really kind of good to see, I suppose, for, for you, Paul, more than anyone, um, where people really want to kind of get back to normal and, uh, and go on holiday. So yeah, some, some kind of really interesting results there. Um, thank you for that. And I, I, I guess, you know, I guess we've, we've spoken about the holiday perspective, but uh, Paul, I think, you know, some of your hotels are also kind of geared towards um, business travelers as well. And, and I think it'd be good to maybe see if a, these results kind of differ for that kind of business audience. So, I mean, let's kind of, I think there's a couple of follow-up questions here, but the first one, let's, let's ask this. And, you know, if, you're, if you are a kind of frequent business traveler, when are you looking to travel next? Um, and it'd be good to kind of get some, some insights there. And I guess it would be good to see if there's that consistency across sort of, you know, personal travel and business travel there. Great, so we'll leave that running for maybe another 10 seconds or so. So one of the things, sorry to interrupt you, I mean, one of the things that um, I found quite interesting is this whole concept of revenge tourism, where, where you have this kind of pent up demand where people have been not able to travel, not able to travel on business or leisure. And then as things start to open up, the kind of early adopters, the people that want to get out there, like me, that, that kind of, they either have, you know, they have their, they need to get and see their family, their friends overseas, or actually they just want to get out and-, and, and They want to get away from their family. 
Yeah, people, maybe. But people like me that, that, you know, one of my hobbies and passions is traveling, right? So I've not been able to do that for, for a few months. You know, the minute yeah. I, I kind of feel that, that this is this is okay and, and, and I'll, I'll be out there. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be traveling to new places. So there, there is this kind of whole theory about revenge uh, travel, which I find quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's one of those things where you can replicate meetings over Zoom. And you know, there's a number of things that you can do kind of remotely and do from home, but you obviously yeah. can't on holiday remotely. So, you know, and and I think even as even simple things like we've probably all been on Zoom calls where someone's had that really nice beach background with palm trees and the sea, <laughs> and it's now getting to the point where it just winds me up because you know that just it, it just still feels so far away. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I guess, I, I guess there's an opportunity there if you want to start creating uh, branded Zoom backgrounds for Zoom your Zoom backgrounds. That, like that one's that. free. That's for free there, Paul. I, I like that. I just made a note on that, Randy. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to do the palm trees myself, so I'm still on that. So, um, yeah, so look, we're obviously sharing these results. And again, I think, I think this pretty much uh, summarizes you know, what, what we're saying. You know, so there's obviously still does seem to be some, um, I guess, you know, people being quite apprehensive about traveling in the next quarter. Um, but towards the end of the year, I feel as if, yeah, I mean, and I think that's fairly consistent, I guess, with our own personal kind of insights. Um, I guess, you know, we've, we've spoken about this internally inside of our company, perhaps 2021 as being the earliest time that I think we'll feel sort of fully comfortable. Um, but I think that's good to see. And there's one last question that I want to ask on this, which I think is very kind of related. And, um, and a lot of us obviously travel for things like events and conferences. And so the question I want to ask is, is, is more related to that, you know, so if you, if you are a business traveler again, or perhaps not, you know, a lot of us have traveled, you know, all over the world to attend different kind of trade events, uh, different conferences and things like that. How, how comfortable would you be, you know, traveling to those kinds of events in the future? I mean, I think if you look at now, right, ATM is currently on. It's a, it's a virtual event. I mean, that's big, obviously, hospitality, tourism in your industry, uh, Paul, I mean, that I wonder, I wonder the, the, the kind of uptake or, I mean, looking at your team and kind of colleagues in the industry, how many people, I mean, obviously you very kindly joined our webinar today, but I mean, um, how many of, how many people are virtually going to ATM this year? Have you kind of got a bit of a feel for that or? Yeah, well, I, I, mean, I don't know numbers, but, but there's been a lot, I know that from my colleagues, um, there's been a lot of interest and I know I see a lot of my team on, on the things that I've been on a couple of the talks myself. So. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of interest. I think I think people have now got into this acceptance that, that this is kind of, actually it's quite convenient. I can I don't need to walk between five six different halls and talks. I can just click yeah. from, from from one to the next. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's been yeah. A lot of yeah, and I you know I guess that makes sense. I think this is really interesting as well because you know there's been a lot of talk about event companies transforming their businesses into virtual events. Uh, obviously, we've got a limited audience here, but you know, it's. I think that face-to-face -face interaction um, that you get from events when you get to meet peers and and you know people that you perhaps haven't seen for a long time, I think you know the the kind of value of that face-to-face -face events is obviously significant. Um, but there are people obviously who are saying, look, I prefer kind of virtual events moving forward, and that, and I think you know when we kind of consider things like, you know jet lag and, and the time lost with business travel and things like that. Um, you know, I think that, you know, there's obviously an impact to that. Um, certainly from a productivity perspective, but also just in terms of, you know, the lost time 
you know, traveling, you know, from sort of country to country. And I wonder moving forward, I think, you know, there's been kind of a lot of speculation and, and a lot of economists predicting that, you know, we're going to be facing a fairly large scale recession moving forward. I wonder if, um, you know, that will obviously have an impact on, on, you know, conferences and events as well in terms of the ability for, for people to travel. So, yeah, I think it'd be pretty interesting. I think it, I think it just allows people to, to effectively reinvent the experience. So it's looking at all of the positives um, of, like you said, a, a kind of virtual conference that allows me to bounce between, uh, you know, sessions with not necessarily leaving. Interestingly enough, um, HubSpot have, have put their conference, their big inbound conference uh, online as well. And uh, I, they, they, so they just, you know, started to interact with people differently. They set up a Facebook group to kind of build some momentum to get people kind of communicating online. And interestingly, I mean, one of the things that I jumped out straight away and I said, it'll be interesting um, what you've got planned for a virtual happy hour, because they tend to do a happy hour uh, kind of after all of the sessions, because it is in the States. And uh, and they answered, they said, don't worry, we've got something planned for that as well. So I think um, even the, the social element, um, which is again, possibly one of the challenges, um, not only just because of, you know, not going to a physical event, but also people's comfort level. Um, it might be quite interesting to see if people are going to do like pockets of events or or remote, you know, almost having an, a, a, an event at a global position and then having little pop-ups, um, you know, globally that allow you to kind of dial in and perhaps have smaller uh, smaller activities potentially. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's really interesting, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the future events, I think, is going to be very kind of interesting moving forward. Um, Paul, I mean, you, you kind of touched on your marketing and some of the kind of messaging and things like that that you guys have been doing. Um, you know, on a local level, obviously, we're seeing, uh, you know, in Dubai, that a lot of hotels are now looking to reopen or they've already reopened. I know you didn't necessarily face that challenge where, you know, some of your hotels would continue, continue to run. But what should be the messaging moving forward? I mean, you know, the, the messaging that I'm seeing right now is, is very much kind of focused on health, safety, sanitization, perhaps. Um, you know, what's your kind of what's what's your kind of thought on that? I've got my kind of opinion on it, but I'm yeah, it'd be interesting to see it from an industry standpoint first. Okay, so well, I mean, first thing, this is super important. I mean, we uh, as hoteliers, whatever market you're in, whatever destination you're in, it's not just about your hotel. It's about making sure that you're supporting the bigger picture. So we're in Dubai. Uh, I, I represent Dubai, and my hotels represent Dubai. So so, you know, I think our approach is we're making sure that we're the best in, in class in our market and we, we really follow all of the DTCF guidelines, all the municipality guidelines. We make sure that, that we're going above and beyond as much as we can within our business model. Um, so, so that's the first thing I think that, that's super important. Um, but I think you've seen now, I mean, everyone's seen all of the big chains have announced partnerships with, you know, with, with, with industry leaders to look at their cleaning standards, their hygiene standards, their, their ways of working and their platforms, which are very great. I mean, these have to be implemented at a local level because they're, they're happening at this level, but you know, the guys on the ground have got to make sure that they're, they're implementing them. Um, but in terms of marketing message, uh, I think, in my personal opinion, and this is my personal opinion, I think guests are looking for more as well. So I think. In the, in the short to medium term, it's going to become an expectation that your hotels are clean, safe, hygienic, yeah. well-managed. The same as when you go to a restaurant, you don't ask if the kitchen's clean because you expect it to be clean. You, know, you expect them to be following whatever the latest best practices for a restaurant. 
And I think the marketing, of, and it's important to share this message if you're following the you know, best practice, but I think on top of that, you've got to look at your offer and your, your marketing offer. People are going to come to hotels for the same reasons they came to before, which is the service experience, which is the facilities, which is the location, uh, the brand, uh, you know, what, what, what I'm going to pull back. Of course, this, the, the whole hygiene and safety thing is super important. I'm not sure it's going to be the primary message for the medium to long term. Um, but, but, and I think also, I don't think it needs to be because I think we all know that if you're not doing something and you're not, and things aren't as they should be, the message is out there. Right? Whether, you know, whether it's online travel agents who are great at capturing guest feedback, TripAdvisor, Google now. If you're not following it, then I only need to read the last 10 reviews of the hotel to see if they're up to their, their standards. Yeah, I think, I think you know, it almost feels like um, there's this fine line that hotels have got to really try and understand, you know, where that line is, you know, in terms of their target audiences, because I think, like you said, I think you, you described it perfectly. You know, you don't walk into a restaurant and, and check out how clean it is first. You just make assumptions that, you know, their health and safety standards are going to be optimum. Otherwise, you know, why would you go there? Why would they operate? Um, and I feel as if, yeah, it's the same applies with hotels, right? I mean, I, I guess for me, if I was going away on holiday rather than business travel, I think it would bother, bother me more. But if I was, you know, complete, you know, consistently reminded by the hotel as to how clean it was, and you know what precautions they're taking. I think me first and foremost would start thinking, well, what, you mean it wasn't so clean before? Does that mean you know, if you're if you're having to kind of almost over exaggerate and show me how safe and how clean things are, does that mean there was an issue before? And and also I don't want to be kind of reminded about that. I'm kind of looking forward to life getting back. To I'm on holiday. I'm on holiday, right? I'm escaping. Yeah. Escaping, you know, what's been a really tough month, uh, tough few months for everybody. Um, but we're escaping that and we want to kind of almost forget about COVID, I guess, right? When we get away, especially on holiday, this is that, you know, that downtime. So, yeah, I guess, I guess it's interesting. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned about the the um, partnerships that a lot of hotel groups are kind of engaging in. Um, and again, I don't know whether that's, you know, not going so far. I think they want to obviously make sure that they are offering the safest experience for their guests. But I think um, publicizing some of these, um, to a point where that becomes a hotel's messaging, I feel is weak. Um, you know, I, think, I think in the short term, I mean, it's got, you, you, in the short term, this is super important, right? It's super important. It's not just a message to your, to your guests or your future guests, it's a message to your team. It's a message to your stakeholders. Uh, it's a message to the local authority. So it's just finding that balance. I just think, that's what I think the folks need to run in tandem. We've got a great offer, or we've got a great product, or we've got, you know, by the way, we're also certified in saying all the best practice. So I think so you're, still, you're still going to get people on the whole different spectrum. So we've just seen from our small polls today, if people are going to travel, not going to travel, their comfort level to leave the house or go to a restaurant or, you know, go and have dinner or, or attend an event, you, you're going to get people feeling differently anyway. So I think, like you said, getting the balance right. I mean, even outside, you know, if you look at, um, it may even get to the point where people say, well, I'd like to come to your office for a meeting, but, you know, what's, I don't know if I'm going to get somebody ask me, what's your cleaning policy? Um, I don't think we'd get to that. Or you'd hope not to, but, but I think that it's, as you said, getting the balance right and communicating those, uh, those there. If, 
I mean, I, did, I just want to pull in, like, we've had a couple of questions this as, as far as, you know, where potentially people are going to start going to. Do you think there's going to be, like, hot pockets or, or kind of bubbles, as Thomas put, as far as where people are going to be comfortable to, to travel? Do you think you're going to start seeing, obviously, some of these, some of these areas? Is that anything you're hearing at the moment? Uh, well, not not here as much. I mean, there, there was a, I think there was news at the start of the week about um, uh, a green lane between I, I believe it was either New Zealand, Australia, South Korea, Singapore. So there was there was talk of this. Um, I think you'll see more of this in the short to medium term. Um, I think in terms of business, it, wherever you are, I think it will be domestic, and then I think it will be regional, um, and then wider, and then I think. The destinations that do a really good job of, you know, mandating the standards and, and you know, the wider uh, city in the offer, I think will will we'll, we'll pick up. I'm personally very confident that Dubai will be part of that because I think DTCM and, and, and Dubai tourism and, and Dubai municipality have very clear guidelines that, that hotels must follow, um, and they do a great job messaging this, taking this message to the rest of the world in terms of not just the standards but the destination and, and, and what Dubai has to offer. Um, I think Sheikh Hamdan was on the news yesterday, done a, a tour of Dubai Airport, um, where he talked about uh, things starting to open up. Emirates have announced flights in, in June and, and more destinations in July. Um, he, he talked about you know, Dubai coming back bigger and stronger. And I think you'll see a lot of similarities around the world. I think you know, Singapore's talking about tourism. I think Japan have said that they're either going to contribute towards future holiday goers expenses, yeah. which I think is quite a unique uh, offer. For yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think you will see pockets open up. I think you will see. I think it'll be quite. It'll be quite obvious. It'll be a lot of domestic, regional, you know, countries that you expect uh, neighbours to be working together. Yeah, I think I mean that's that's interesting as well. I think I think what what's happening with Australia and New Zealand, I think is, you know, they they seem to be slightly ahead of the game here. They, the way they sort of control the spread of a disease, and and I think you know the the steps or the next steps that they take, I feel might kind of feel like the blueprint that other sort of countries and um, and destinations follow as well. I mean, I think the challenge everyone faces is that you know there is that threat of a second wave, and nobody wants to. Um, you know, expedite that by allowing tourists in, and I think mean, you know that's you know that's that's obviously something difficult that people are going to navigate. So, yeah, I think guys, we've, there's one last poll that we want to kind of ask, and we've had a lot of questions. So, if you have got any more questions, uh, Kareem, um, if you can add your question to the Q and A, that would be great because then we can see uh, see what you want to sort of contribute there. Um, but keep those questions coming in. And the last poll is very much related to what we've uh, what we've been kind of speaking about. Um, and it is really about, um, you know, what is going to influence, you know, people's decisions, right? So if you are looking to book a hotel stay, you know, what, what factors will kind of influence your choice? Paul mentioned earlier about, you know, if they do a bad job from a kind of health and safety standpoint, um, you know, guest reviews will kind of really indicate to people where they possibly should be staying or perhaps where they shouldn't be. Um, but it'd be, it'd be really kind of good to see that. And again, we'll leave that running for another sort of 10 seconds or so, so if you can get your answers in. I think with this one, if there's kind of multiple areas, you can also pick multiple answers. So uh, feel free to do that. 
See, that's, uh, it, it's almost like at that point, it feels like we're um, watching the um, the national election or watching the lottery numbers. We're all kind of on looking at the polls and seeing them, how they're kind of, because obviously, guys, we have, uh, as, as, as the hosts here, we have access to see where this is, where this is going. So it's, uh, <laughs> we're watching it in real time. <laughs> Yeah, and, and actually, again, the, the results are, are super interesting. I'll just share those. So, yeah, I mean, I think you've got your kind of normal normal factors in there, but things like, obviously, price and location are still dominating. Um, but I think, Paul, you know, I think there's a few things here that definitely, you know, cement some of what you were saying earlier. Um, you know, people do care about the sterilization program. People do care about the reviews. And perhaps you know reviews in the post-COVID world, which I think is is again really interesting. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if you kind of move into that top Trumps environment where your hotel has a, a sanitation tunnel plus a, a foot wash plus you know you've got sanitizers on call, you've got a personal sanitizer like san. I imagine actually in this part of the world that there might be a, a sanitizer concierge, and what he'll do is he'll come to your table. And you'll have a suitcase of different sanitizers that you can choose from. So, sir, this is from here. This is from there. <laughs> there'll be a, there'll be a way of someone trying to market that locally. Another interesting idea from you, Andrew. This, this, now I'm figuring out why you do what you do, and you're not in hospitality. <laughs> Apart from the beard, I'm not sure the beard will be allowed in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah. part of the problem. I, I did, I mean, you know, I probably shouldn't mention this, but I did see Andrew yesterday. And then seeing him with a mask on his face is something that's really, I mean, it was joyous. Um, Just pointless. I mean, pretty much like, 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 a, like an ashtray on a motorbike. It pretty much is as much use as that. <laughs> but um, yeah, if, if, you, if you guys get an opportunity to have a meeting with Andrew between now and the next few months, I'd, I'd definitely take it up just for that. So let's, let's move on to some of these questions because we have got some really yeah. good ones. Um, there's a question here from Raj. Raj has asked a couple of questions, but Paul, you mentioned um, you mentioned about kind of revenge tourism or revenge travel kind of happening, and, and that feels like a potential trend that's out there. Um, Raj wants to know when that's when that's likely to happen. When do you see people really kind of saying, "Okay, I'm going to get on a plane and go"? Uh, great question. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think uh, all I can say is you, you know we're starting to see flights and. and, and routes open up uh, probably from July. I would suggest that most of that travel will be people trying to get back to or to where they were originally meant to be, whether that's their own country or, or work or, or see family uh, for emergencies. Um, personally, I, I really don't know. Um, I think well, I, I think it will, you know, this all happened pretty quick. Right? This all, this whole Whole, the whole lockdown happened pretty quick and the reduction of travel and stuff. And I, arguably, I think there'll be some kind of pickup relatively quickly. Um, whether it gets back to the same levels it was before, I think that might take a bit longer. Sure. I think there'll be, there'll be some early adopters, right? That as soon as the as soon as the flight to their favorite destination opens up, they'll be, they'll be on that plane. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it will take some time to get back to the, to, to what it was before. I think the guys in Emirates yesterday uh, were talking about, you know, the middle of summer 2021, they expect to see some sense of normality, um, which I think is probably a good benchmark. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. There's another question, I think, just related to that and, and just uh, focusing on what we were talking about a few minutes ago. 
Um, Dan, thanks for your question here. So quite a few people have said reviews post COVID would be an important factor in their buying decision. So what, what, what might Rove do to drive better reviews and experiences given the current situation, Paul? Is there any, anything that you would potentially change or? Um, well, it's interesting one. So uh, as I mentioned at the start, I think, you know, feel free to go online. I think the, generally the roads, well, maybe the roads are, um, well, you know, have good uh, solid reviews. Um, and cleaning, you know, because we don't, we don't have all the frills that, that maybe five-star luxury hotels might have. So, you know, if you look at the basics uh, across our, our brand, things like cleaning, things like service, these are, these are you know, top of the market. Um, what would we do different? I, I, I think this is an interesting question. I, I would say that you, 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 you know, it's your day job. You don't, it's not something that you can manage or, or manipulate. Or, and what you have to do is do all the things that we do in hospitality really well. Which is, you know, have some have a great team that's really well trained, that's really well engaged. Look after your asset uh, and look after your guests. Yeah, and I think I think there's a there's a question here, another one from Raj, um, but we actually focuses very much on that about your team, and um, mm. and I guess when we when we talk about Rove, I think one of the things that sort of comes up is I think people that know your brand also know that you guys have a director of happiness on your team. Is that right? Yeah. Chief, happiness, chief happiness officer. Chief happiness officer, okay. He, so, wanted, he got promoted this year, he wanted a C-level uh, job. So <laughs> he, 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 he. Well, he probably deserves it today, I guess, right? So, yeah, I mean, what, what's your, I mean, so how, how does, you know, and I think the fact that you have someone, you know, with that kind of job title, I think says that you, A, care a lot about your people. Um, you know, the fact that you can, you know, fit, a role like this within your kind of organizational structure, but also uh, suggests that you care about obviously the happiness of your guests. And a lot of that, I guess, stems from the fact that if your team are happy, they're more likely to get guests happy, I guess, right? Mm. But, but how does, you know, how does some, you know, company like yours in a people-focused industry, how do they take care of their people during COVID? Okay, during COVID, okay. So, um, interestingly, after this call, I actually, Another, uh, my, my next call is around, um, we, uh, and this gives you an example. So, so we've worked, uh, we've got a, a small core team where we've put together a program for all of our team at all levels. Um, and it, it covers, it, because what we've realized is that, you know, people either, you know, maybe they've got less work, keep them occupied, maybe they can't go on holiday, maybe, you know, there's, there's another impact across different Know, different factors of everyone's lives, including ourselves. So what we've done is we've put together a, a full program for our team, um, and it covers um, diet, we're we'll trying to get all the pillars now, diet, uh, exercise, uh, mindfulness, uh, learning, um, and fun. And what we've done is we've put together a full program, it's, it's all managed uh, through Instagram, um, and people can sign up for, for everything from a a TED talk from one of our team that's a sports enthusiast, enthusiast, enthusiasm, enthusiasts, I'll say it, uh, and uh, uh, everything to, you know, a cooking class or a running club. So we, we try to, we, we recognize that people may have uh, more opportunity and more time now, and we want people to come out of this both energized and trained and, uh, for their and our benefit. That's an example of what we're doing uh, in the current situation. How do you how do you how do you kind of get back to the business of essentially serving 
people or you know the paying customers because I guess that's that's a challenge in itself as well so not only making sure that your your team is you know re-energized and and kind of focused on the job in hand but obviously things are going to be very different as far as you know check-in I mean you're in a very people orientated business here that obviously one of the guys has put so how are you how are you kind of educating your team as as far as some of those you know strict obviously uh, guidelines that, that that the authorities are putting in i mean how mm. how is that messaging kind of being conveyed and, and kind of carried out yeah, so i mean we're, we're quite fortunate i mean more than uh more than 60 percent of our rooms are open uh our hotels are pretty busy to be honest uh, all of our trading hotels are pretty busy so that's allowed us to you know implement this as we go so uh, you know as soon as some new best practice comes out we can make it. what we've done is we've called the hotel teams so that you know if I, it, uh, everyone gets a chance to understand the best practice and be part of the training and the communication so we've kind of taken a, a one team approach to hmm. uh, how we do that. we're lucky because we're in one city so you know despite being you know, a decent size uh, a decent number of rooms because we're in one city it's probably easier for us to manage um, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I think what's, what you're going to see happening generally is that hotels will reduce the amount of touch points that they have with guests. We call them rovers, but for the benefit of the audience, guests. Um, and, uh, you know, things like a valet parking. You know, you, 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 it used to be a luxury and a sign of a, a, a five-star hotel or a high-end hotel. Now somebody might not want somebody else sat in their car. So yeah. the same for as a bellboy. I've always been quite happy to carry my bag to my, to my room. Why? Because I can do it quicker than anyone else. And I've managed to carry my bags from my home to my plane, off my plane and to my hotel. I don't know, you know, often do I need them bags to then be brought to my room 10 or 11 floors up. So I think what we'll see and we're already seeing is the reduction of touch points uh, in the hotel. Yeah. But what will happen is the touch points that you do have will become more and more important. So if you if you automate check-in and you reduce value parking, and so when you do engage with a guest, it will be so much more important that you're having the right conversation in the right way. Right, yeah. I think that, that customer journey question is really important because, um, yeah. you, know, I guess for, you know, despite what's going on, um, I suppose there'll be some, you know, there will be an expectation of guests when they are checking in that someone is taking care of their luggage. You know, not, not obviously not for everybody, but there might be those guests who do want that. And if that isn't sort of provided to them, you know, does that kind of, you know, present a kind of negative scenario, negative mm. sentiment? I mean, is it that you're trying to keep, uh, would you keep guests more in control of that decision or would it be a decision that hotels make? I mean, it's just very difficult to navigate, I guess, right? Well, I think it'll be by brand, right? If, 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 if you offer this service as part of your brand before, I think you would you would continue doing it. However, you would also be conscious that not everybody wants that, and then you know you, maybe you ask that question, or you, you kind of have two two ways of working. Do, do you want us to park your car, or are you happy to do it yourself? Um, and I think that will end up being the, the process in, in hotels like ours. We never did it before, so um, yeah, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily. I, I, I think you raised an interesting point there, though, about the customer experience, because there have been, obviously, there has been a bit of a shift in certain brands for hotels to offer that, you know, self-check-in, 
you know, the, the fact that you can literally get off the plane, come to the hotel, you don't actually interact, have to interact with anyone, right? To the, to the point where you use your phone to open your, your door. I mean, you know, a few, I'm thinking that think a loft is something they do, um, or they, they were one of the first in the region. So, I mean, do you think you're going to see, I guess, and it goes down to, as Amit said, the, the traveler, there's definitely going to be some people that in this part of the world are really going to struggle without valet parking. I think there's going to be a lot of people looking around going, I don't understand how, how can, I don't understand how can I come to a hotel if I need to park it myself. Um, so there's going to be a lot of struggle for that, but for, for the, the audience that wants to, um, you know, fast track themselves to completely contactless. I mean, a lot of brands are already set up for this now, right? Mm. Yeah, I think the, the current situation will, and this was coming uh, anyway, and I think the current situation will just bring this on faster. You'll have more introduction of technology. Um, but, but I don't, you know, I, I do caveat that way, but I don't think that will take away your hospitality experience. I think what that will do is free people up to allow them to be true hoteliers or hospitality professionals. Yeah. I mean, so moving into that, you do you could you see an environment where technology is used like this? I mean, is there somewhere that I could get a virtual check in? So instead of um, so to add it back, that human element is you see that as a possibility. I mean, I know some of the premier and you mentioned that, Brad, previously, obviously, there's just the self check in, but it's very sterile and quite cold. I mean, possibly is this an option where you kind of, you know, could zoom in and actually check in that way? Or, or to concierge or someone like that, right? From your concierge room. or someone else, yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting, uh, another interesting idea, Andrew. I've made a note. Watch this face. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be seeing it launch next week. I told you we move fast, right? Next yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can make notes. Yeah. This is so, true. No, absolutely. I think, um, I think that, you know, all the big chains and the brands are focusing at the moment on making sure the hotels are, there's three or four key things up. We're all businesses and we've got to control our costs. So that's a big focus right now. We've got to make sure that hygiene, uh, safety, all this stuff is in place. And then we've got to have a plan for the future. You know, what, how, when business picks up, how do we attract our clients, our USP? But I think in parallel, uh, this, this stuff around technology and uh, the road virtual concierge is uh, definitely the future. Amazing. Can we quickly uh, trademark that, Andrew, while, that, while we still got... Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just going to be uh, registering the domain name real quick while you crack <laughs> on. You, you, you ask Paul another question and I'll just, I'll just get busy over here. All right, cool. I've got one that will keep me busy for a while. But um, so, so this is a really good question. Look, we're running out of time. So, you know, one, one sort of last question, unless there's any more that pop in. But uh, this question comes from Giovanni. And Paul, you've been, um, you know, and you, you probably hate me for saying this, but, you know, I now look at you as an industry veteran. Um, you know, you're, you know, obviously been around in the circuit, in the circuit for a while, but what advice do you have for any students that will begin their hospitality education soon? I'm just trying to think about how to come back to that, uh, introduction. But I'll ignore that and I'll respond to Giovanni's question because I think it's a great question. You know, hospitality is one of the oldest, uh, industries in the world and it's still going to be there, uh, in the future. Um, I think I, I've had loads of fun doing the various things and, and, and hospitality allowed me to travel the world and work in so many different markets with so many different people. Um, so 
I would suggest that uh, any student that's, that's starting their hospitality education to carry on and um, you know get yourself with a, a great kind of what, what industry they're in, but a great leader, a great GM, a great functional head, um, and, and in a great team because I think in hospitality it's all about who you work with. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you get yourself in a great team, then I think this is uh, great, it's a good opportunity. And, and feel free, I don't know where they are or, or what they do, but feel free to drop me a line. And if when things start to open up, I'll be happy to have a chat. That's great. Yeah, thank you, Paul. How can Paul, uh, Paul, how can people reach you, Paul, if they do want to ask you questions or if they want to come and see your hotels? Do you want to tell us where you, where you are? Um, um, you? Yeah, uh, well, if it's, uh, people are welcome to contact me on uh, pbridger at Rogue Hotels. Um, or you can look me up on LinkedIn, Paul Bridger, Dubai, Rogue. That should be pretty easy to find. And I'll be, uh, yeah, happy to, happy to hear from you. And, yeah. and obviously, you, you do make special guest appearances, uh, all of the, you know, lobbies and coffee shops across all of the road network, right? So you might you might catch a glimpse of the wild Paul Bridger in the wild at one that's, of those. That's where those well, rooms I don't have an office, actually. So this is why you guys all think I'm drinking coffee in the lobbies, because actually that's my job, right? I don't, we, you know, one of the things, the ways we work is we don't have an office for our management, and our management are on the floor. Uh, looking after the team of the guests, and I, uh, I'm part of that. So, yeah. I do work most of the time. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us today. Thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing. Likewise. Um, yeah, and um, and yeah, great. So, if you do want to connect with Paul, find him on LinkedIn or find him drinking coffee in his lobbies uh, at various Rogue hotels. And um, and again, thank you guys for your input today. Um, if you do have any more questions, then you can find Andrew and myself on LinkedIn. Um, you know, connect with us, you know, ask us whatever questions you want. If you've got topics that you'd want us to address for future shows, so that's how this one came about. We had a couple of requests last week about you know, people yep. wanting us to focus on this sector. Um, so if you do have any kind of special requests like that, please feel free to share those with us. Um, between, I think that's it, Andrew, between now and next week, I think we'll... That's it. Yep. Yeah, we'll leave you guys now. I think that was a nice uh, and we know we've got a busy day ahead of you as well, Paul. So uh, we'll let you kind of fly off. But yeah, thank you everyone for joining us again. Um, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Awesome. Thanks, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.